Hi friends, welcome to the Partnership Podcast, exploring gospel partnership and generosity in the Bible, alongside stories of support raising from around our fellowship. We pray you'll be encouraged by it. Hi everyone, welcome to this episode of the Partnership Podcast, and thanks Diana for joining me today. My pleasure. Great. Well, we're going to hear a bit about Diana's support raising story, but before that, let's pray together. Oh, Father, we do thank you that you are a God who works in people and transforms your people and your children. And we thank you for the way that you have worked in Diana over the past few years. And Father, we thank you for the gift of partnership, that you are a God who loves to see your people mutually dependent and joyfully, generously, willingly giving towards your purposes. And Father, we pray that Diana's story today would encourage us all to keep strengthening your people in this way, in partnership ministry. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Great. Well, thanks for joining me, Diana. Uh, I'm just wondering if you'd take us back a couple of years and just share with us a bit about uh, what support raising looked for like for you and how you felt about it. Well, I've been on campus now for 11 years. And uh, when I first started, I did a big um, support raising push and had a lot of uh, really faithful and long-term supporters come on board. Um, And many of whom are still with me today, uh, which is such a blessing. Uh, But it meant that uh, when I first started, I started at half a day and it went up to a day and then a day and a half. but I had such a small window of time to be on campus that it felt uh, like it was really hard work to f- carve out the time to um, to do uh, partnership sort of communication, so newsletters or anything else like that, mail outs, that kind of stuff. Um, because I just I wanted to be with the students and I wanted to be teaching and I wanted to be um, doing all that kind of stuff with them. I also wasn't really sure what I was doing as far as partnership raising was concerned. So I didn't, I didn't know what was expected, how frequently I should be communicating, um, what I should be communicating. And so, so I often sat down to write a newsletter with no real idea of what I was going to say or how I was going to say it, what people wanted to know. Um, and, and also to justify my time because I felt like I needed to do it every month because that seemed to be what everybody else was doing. Um, but that was a summary then of sometimes two days of work or four days of work and it just felt like it was too frequent um, to, to sort of go into things in the detail that would need to be to make it justify sending a newsletter. Mm. Um so I would look to see what other people were doing and um, and tried to replicate some things, but but also had no real sort of no real plan about what to do and how to do it. And thankfully, my my supporters, despite the neglect, they just hung in there. A lot of them were personal friends and family members, so they would talk to me outside of time. So um, we would have actual conversations about it. Um, but the blessing for me. Um, disguise in disguise maybe um was that I then had um three lots of maternity leave so because I had such faithful supporters I built up quite a surplus so that when I came back to work each time um there was always money in reserve to come back to um or it seemed like there was and so um I never I never really I knew there was a problem with it I knew that I wasn't communicating effectively 
Um, I knew that it was purely through the grace of God and the generosity and the faithfulness of his people that they were still hanging in with me. Um, but I also, I also really struggled to put myself out there. I was worried that every time I sent an email, it would land in their inbox and um, they'd think, oh, yeah, that's right, I've been supporting her, but I've been meaning to cut that off. And so I'd just suddenly lose everybody all at once. <laughs> or that, um, that if I didn't have helpful things to share, um, that they would, there were so many other good things that people could put their money to, especially in the service of God and his people. So, so many great charities, so many great mission organisations, so many people who travelled overseas or were working with um, people who were in really tough situations. And I just thought, why would somebody want to pay a local to talk to uni students who they could also see down at the coals around the corner? So, um, I just, it was that whole sort of, what am I even contributing anything that people should give money to? Um, and how do I, how do I sell that vision to them that there's actually something to do without really sort of understanding how to do it? So that's, that's kind of where I was at, but also knowing that I was in surplus. So I didn't really feel as though I was in a critical situation to reach out to someone like Kat. Like I just felt like that, um, yeah, that I was ticking along. And so, um, so I wasn't something, somebody that you were worried about that, um, that on paper, I looked fine. So it must be fine. Um, so it would be hard to justify when there were possibly people who needed you a lot more than I did that, um, that it, it, I was, uh, it was easy for me to convince myself out of sort of reaching out to ask for help. Yeah, sure. Sure. And I remember driving down to a wife's conference thing with you once where uh, a lot of that negative feeling and kind of guilt and burden of support raising was just coming out in our conversation. Uh, and I think that's always worth that, that attitude can be contagious to the rest of the team or can prevent you from wanting to um, increase your days or feeling able to, or just make support raising feel like a burden. And I think always in the Bible, when you see God's people in partnership, they're, they're often talking about the encouragement and the joy that comes from that. So um, I'm always keen to talk to people about those kind of things. So tell me what, what changed? What kind of things did you do? Well, partly it was that conversation that I had with you that um, there were things that um, that were obviously wrong in my thinking and that I needed to have a bigger picture understanding of what was what was going on that actually it's a joy to work alongside God's people and and to to do the work that other people don't have the um the time or the capacity to do um so um yeah so it was it was one of those things where I thought oh hang on there there are some things that can shift here um, there are things that need to shift because I don't now that I'm um, now that I was a mother of three and I didn't have time at home outside of my work hours to smash in the things of support raising that I had to do in the past that I needed to take it quite seriously as to where it was going to fit in my week um, and and to to think of it as actually partnership rather than just me doing the work and having somebody pay me but um, that that people were invested in what I was doing. They, they were putting money to something that they thought was important um, and that they trusted me to do that job. And so, um, so it was things like that that, um, that sort of spurred me on. So then I, um, I've heard about the How to Get Unstuck group and I thought, right, these are some skills that I can um, 
can learn in in a whole lot of arenas, but in partnership development. Um, so we read how to get unstuck. So that, sorry, that was one of our online online Zoom yeah, book yeah. clubs, and so that was really helpful. Looking at how to get unstuck. Yeah, yeah. chatting it through with um, other people who were in similar circumstances and recognizing that I wasn't alone. Um, and then I did um, some sneaky coaching sessions with UCAT over the summer, which technically is not allowed, but <laughs> because of family commitments, it kind of needed to happen that way. But we did sort of a, a shortened version of the coaching um, that I found so helpful because we were able to to nut out what it was that I needed to do and within my time frame was sensible in terms of communicating with um partners and so actually creating a plan where I knew how many newsletters I was going to send per year I had plans of what was going to go in those and actually your emails that you sent a number of years ago I used to read the whole series every year over the summer to get me back in the sort of the support <laughs> raising idea and so I'd write out these plans of what I was going to cover in each email so that I knew before I sat down what I was going to write about um, they were really helpful. It just was the discipline of actually then sitting down and writing the email after about April that was lacking. <laughs> um, so, um, so yeah, so, and then actually plotting those in the diary at the beginning of the year and saying, I worked out that for me, the best time to write a newsletter was when the uni students were on holidays but my kids weren't. And so um, they weren't at home. I had a quiet house and I could just sit out, sit down and smash out in a day a newsletter. Perfect. Um, so, so that was really helpful. Um, and then reading Friend Raising, the next um, book club book that we, we looked at, that we did together, um, and talking about um, the why, this was also came through the coaching, but the why of why I communicate with my partners. Um, and so that might have I, been that might have actually been from Amy Young's book, Enjoying Newsletters, which I think you read alongside the coaching, really focusing on why do you communicate? Oh, yeah. Well, quite possibly. I'm glad you remember my story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so I, I wrote a bit of a list. Um, I, I was like, why do I communicate? And, and it was, um, why do I communicate about me? Um, why do I communicate about God's mission? Um, and the answer was so that they can participate, so that they can serve God and so that they can um, enable his mission. But mostly it was because they want to know. They want to know and play their part. And I was so encouraged every time I sent an email that I would always get at least a couple of responses back where people were like, so great to hear about what's going on. Like, I really enjoy reading your newsletters. Um, and not necessarily financial partners, but prayer partners as well, where, where there was always a couple of lines of, you know, it's really good to, to know what's going on and um, to have an understanding of what days are like. And, um, and it's because people want to know. And so that became... When I struggled to find motivation to write a newsletter, it was people want to know. They want to know what God is doing. They don't want to know where their money's going. They want to know what God is doing. And so it became then easier to go, okay, well, I'm excited because every day I get to see what God's doing. Um, they're excited if they get to read about it. So that made it much easier once I knew what my days were and I knew that I couldn't, I didn't have the scope to just push it off to another week because... If I missed that day, that was kind of it. Um, but also it's because people wanted to know. They wanted That's why they were involved in the first place, because they wanted to know. So um, so that was really, really helpful um, 
So in the in the lead up to um, to increasing my time on campus, so I've just gone from um, a day last year to a day and a half in first semester, and now I'm up to two days. In the preparation for that, um, I contacted almost all, I strategically chose friends on Facebook and I contacted almost all of them um, by, via personal message. It was a lot of copying and pasting, either in text or in messenger, saying, um, you know, I know, I know you've talked to me about my work before. Uh, would you like to um, join my newsletter list? And 99% of people said, yes, we'd love to join. So immediately mm. my subscription jumped in a way that I'd never felt doing broad dumps had done. Um, How and encouraging. So, um, yeah, and it, like it, I, it was just something that I could do. I had a list that I worked through and every, every time I was at work, if I had a spare five minutes, I'd just message another person. And so... Um, yeah, and I also have a Facebook group where technically, in theory, I update it more frequently. And there are people who have joined the Facebook group instead of having their inbox kind of, I gave them the option for Facebook group or um, email. Um, and and so, yeah, so I knew that I wanted to increase my time. So I wanted to put that base layer in so that there were more people so that it wasn't, I didn't just suddenly hit them with, I need more money to do more time. Um, they were They were already kind of invested in what was going on. And the other thing that I've started doing is that one of the terms um, each semester, and it's normally when I look at the year, it's one of the quieter terms, um, if there ever is one. It's where I actually spend um, time, I've divided the year up so that I spend time, um, one term will be reading a helpful book. Um, so that will awesome. be term four this year. Yep. Yep. So doing the God Ask um, in term four this year. Um expanding my um my partners list again so those who um so new friends that i've met or new people that have come to the church or um thinking through how i can um initiate contact with them uh the uh there are others that involve um so looking at the pd stuff that we need to do um and also um big sort of financial drives so there's that sort of year of in the background when i have half an hour between catch-ups or there's you know I've got a book that I can read a chapter of or I've got um, people that I can contact or things like that so that's been yeah. that's been really helpful to know that's just ticking along in the background yeah that's great and I love that idea of having strategic priorities for partnership in different parts of the year it can be really help to give different areas of focus at different times um well Diana thanks so much for sharing it's been really great to hear your story and I've really enjoyed seeing that transformation in you that when I talk to you now about partnership you're actually you're just always smiling and I think um that for me is most of the battle I think actually that uh if you if you're feeling positive about partnership you'll find it much easier to do it and I think much more biblically faithful and glorifying to God uh to to find joy in his people being generous so that's wonderful um let me pray briefly and then we'll finish up uh, Father, we do thank you again for Diana's story and we pray that you'd keep encouraging her and encourage all of us uh, to keep soaking up what you think of your people being in partnership with one another. And we pray you'd help us to find uh, a measure of the joy and willingness and encouragement of biblical partnership. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Wonderful. Thanks for joining me, Diana. No worries. Thank you. Bye.